Welcome back to another message of biblical inspiration, motivation, and teaching from the Word of God. If this is your first time joining the MANA community, we encourage you to subscribe, let us know you're here, and how God has blessed you today. So this is part two of the amazing story of Jacob, the trickster, the cunning little brother that you didn't know about until this message today. Now, if somehow you're watching this video without watching part one, trust me, go back and watch it, or else you'll miss the long winding road that leads to who would soon be called Israel. Laban had become a blessed man, and he didn't hide the fact that it was because of Jacob. Remember, God had already blessed Jacob by the word of his father and also by the encounter at Bethel. So this blessing was just working itself out. See, when God blesses you, he will make it touch every aspect of your life. And it can even affect those who are around you as well. That was the case of Jacob and Laban. Jacob's family had now grown very large over the years, having many children now. He had grown so much, and as any responsible man should, just as you and I would think, he thought, well, it's time for me to move out of this place and to my own place. So he asked for a payment from Laban, who he had now worked for 20 years. They came to an agreement that every speckled and spotted animal would belong to Jacob, and the rest were to be for Laban. Sounds like a good deal, I guess. In doing this, Jacob had also now become a very blessed man with livestock, in addition to the blessing of family and slaves that God had given him. Everything God had said was becoming a reality in the life of Jacob. It's important for believers like you and I to remember and recount the things that God has blessed us with and praise him accordingly. Jacob was now rich and successful, according to Genesis chapter 30, verse 43. In life, it doesn't matter how long or how many challenges we may face as men on our journey to the place that God has prepared for us, all we need to do is keep walking and having the faith that God will do what he said he would. Although all was now looking well and rosy for Jacob, there was still an issue, however. Remember that Jacob had asked Laban to let him go with his family and all of his possessions, but it looked like Laban was not going to let that happen. I'm sure you're all thinking like me, and probably Jacob, here we go again. God was always watching, though, and it was time to give Jacob the direction that he needed. So God told Jacob to go back to his relatives in the land of his ancestors, and he would bless him. Now, let's think about that for a second. God asked him to go, and he would bless him. This is yet another eye-opener for us when we think that we have reached the apex of God's blessing. But clearly here, there was more that God would do for Jacob. For example, he wasn't having peace at this time. Even the peace of God is a blessing. So when God is saying he will bless you, don't have your mind set only to think God simply means riches and wealth and money. There is so much more that God gives to us, but sometimes we fail to realize they are also blessings as well. So Jacob had received the word of God, but God did not tell him how to execute this command. 
Sometimes, we too receive instructions like this, and we are confused on how to go about them. So whenever you find yourself in this situation, always go back to the one who instructed you in the first place. You'll see why in a moment. Jacob chose to do it his way and deceived Laban by not letting him know that he was moving with his whole family and possessions. Now, it's easy to understand why Jacob would have done this. He says so himself when Laban finally realized what he had done and had to chase him for seven days before eventually catching up with him. Jacob told Laban, I left secretly because I was afraid you would take your daughters from me by force. And if the fearsome God worshipped by Abraham and my father Isaac had not been on my side, you would have sent me away without a thing. I don't think he was wrong to think like this because God even had to appear to Laban in a dream to warn him not to threaten or promise Jacob anything. Laban was not a straightforward man. In other words, Laban too was cunning. When we come across people like Laban in business or even in church, it takes the grace of God to have a good ending. This is why you must always commit all your ways into the hands of God and ask him for direction on every step you intend to take. They finally had that resolved, and they built an altar there and feasted to mark the agreement that Laban would not go after Jacob any longer, and neither would Jacob. This was where Jacob finally had his freedom for his service of 20 years in the house of Laban. It had to take God's intervention to bring Jacob out alive and in prosperity. Jacob had successfully crossed the Laban hurdle, but there awaited an even greater hurdle to cross, his brother Esau, whom he had stolen from. Jacob knew there was surely going to be problems coming ahead, but what would he do? He was not a single man that could just flee and run away and disappear into thin air at any moment. He now had a lot of possessions alongside the family and slaves he had acquired during his sojourn. He was now a prosperous man, and it was easy to notice all of his possessions and properties. While he was still thinking about his possible future ugly encounter with his brother, the angels of God came to him. He was alert, and he was quick to realize who they were and where he was. He quickly realized this is God's camp. So he sent out messengers with gifts of livestock of different categories to go in front of him as kind of an appeasement for the anger he thought Esau would have toward him. He also split his family and the rest of his possessions for fear of Esau destroying all that he had worked for at once. He was in a panic and did what he thought. And probably you and I would think that wise. He cared for his family and he tried to protect them as any good father would. In all these things that were happening probably so fast, the good thing is that Jacob also remembered to pray to God. He remembered what God had promised him and brought a petition before God to that effect. As a father, you and I will have many challenges and sometimes you might even feel God is no longer with you. And this is why it's extremely important that you know what God has spoken to you and also hold fast to his word. 
Remember to pray to God, even in the face of a storm, just as Jacob did, and also as Jesus' disciples did in the boat. Some things can arise so urgently, but it will be proof of your faith in God when you respond with prayer instead of panic. Jacob was really in a panic situation because after taking his family across the river, he went back to be alone, probably thinking of the next plan of action, supposing all his previous plans had fallen through or would cave in. Have you ever heard of a plan B? But in the middle of the night, the Bible says, a man came and fought with Jacob until just before daybreak. And when this man saw that Jacob was winning the battle, he struck him on the hip and threw it out of place. Ouch! Little did Jacob know that he was wrestling with God and was about to get something new. He wrestled with God and he would not let him go until he blessed him. Then God asks for his name, as if not knowing who Jacob was, and his name was changed from Jacob, which arguably means he cheats, to Israel, which means God fights. Jacob had wrestled against God and against men, and he had won. He was no ordinary man. It is important for us to know that faith is the character of doggedness, that stays and contends with the Word of God until it is manifested in our lives in high definition. So on that day, Jacob had encountered God and he had wrestled with him and also had a change of name. Consider what an experience that must have been, saints. Let us know what you think in a comment. So after the encounter, Jacob also realized who he had met and what had happened. But he didn't just leave there with a new name. He also left with a dislocated hip. But I think a dislocated hip was the least of Jacob's problems at this time, or it wasn't the only physical gift he had left the encounter with. It would seem as if he had become bolder after this night encounter and could now face his brother Esau without fear, or so it seemed. He marched right behind the messengers he had put in front of him with all the gifts he had for Esau. But when Esau finally came, it looked like Jacob had only been paranoid of the revenge mission of Esau. Though Esau marched with 400 men, when he came to Jacob, it wasn't what we thought was going to happen. They both broke down in tears of joy for seeing each other. God had done something to the heart of Esau, who had initially planned to kill his brother for collecting the blessing that originally belonged to him. The Bible says, When a man's ways please God, even his enemies will be at peace with him. God had delivered Jacob from another problem that could have easily escalated into something more frightening. He was now at peace with his brother as well. And God had also blessed Esau, so there was no problem between them. Probably, since Esau saw that he was also a blessed man, he thought, well, there's no problem with the birthright. But you and I know that the birthright was well beyond physical possessions and riches. Maybe Esau didn't know that. Or maybe God changed his heart. So once again, the word of the Lord came to Jacob. And God asked him to move with his family back to the land of Bethel and dwell there. 
Jacob obeyed God and moved along with his family and all his possessions. When they came to Bethel, Genesis chapter 35 verse 10 says, And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. God had spoken this before, but maybe he needed to make it official so it would sink into Jacob that he was no longer the man that he once was, but God had changed his name and his status. How often do we, you, me, even now, need reminders of what God has transformed us into, what God has saved us from, just to be called children of God? God also blessed him, saying, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your body. In Genesis chapter 35, verse 11, God also told him that the promise of the possession of the land that he made to Abraham and Isaac was going to continue with him. Jacob was now Israel, a man blessed by God. He started out with nothing but mischief and poverty, but when God met him and began to walk with him, his life was transformed into the life of a blessed man. It doesn't matter where you are right now, whether you are single or a family man as Jacob was at the end of his life, always trust God. We learn from Jacob the character of doggedness and a resolve to win at all costs. Now, don't go cutting corners, because Jacob didn't know better when he first started out. But as believers, you and I, we know better. And we can learn from the time he began walking with God, how he obeyed everything that God said, and also received the promise that was made to his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. Saints of God, let us pray. Lord, change my name as you did to Jacob and give me a new story. Let me find rest in you and find renewal in your love and mercy. Bless me and increase me on every side, Lord. Give me what will change my story and that of my generations. Do something new in my life, Lord, according to your word that you have spoken, saying that you will do a new thing in my life. Change the course of my destiny and deliver me from every character that hampers the manifestation of your will in my life. Do not forget the promises that you have made to me, Lord, for I await your power to fulfill them in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you.